This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, friends. This is Annie Grace with This Naked Mind, and I am answering readers' questions. And today I have a question from Anonymous. She says, Annie, first, thank you for all your honesty and compassion in your book. I've read it three times, skipping chapters and reading what I thought would most benefit me. I'm a government professional with a three-year-old daughter. My alcohol addiction has been more of a problem since the death of some of my relatives. My only problem is that I'm constantly surrounded by close family members who continue to drink. Do I cut them off? I've had many failed attempts since the beginning of this year, and I'm finding myself in situations where I'm surrounded with just everyone drinking. Any advice for the first month and so on, I can't seem to get over that hump. Um, I think a lot of people report that, you know, after the first month or six weeks, it does get harder because you start to, all the reasons that you were drinking in the first place really start to fade. I mean, think about what it feels like to be nauseous. It's really hard to imagine what that feels like or what it feels like to have a hangover. Again, that's really difficult to imagine. And so you can't easily recall these moments of regret. You can't easily recall the difficulties that you had, the guilt you felt, because we tend to recall things just through sort of rose-colored glasses. And so I think that can be really difficult. And then having people around you who just insist on drinking can obviously make it even more difficult. Um, So I think what's really important is, you know, at the end of the book, and I think in general, I talk a lot about a decision. And the decision has to be your decision for you. It can't be your decision for your family members or for anybody else. It has to come from a place in you where you realize that you want more and that you have the power to have more in your life. And this decision, it has to be undivided. And I think that's a piece that a lot of people skip over because as long as you're letting it be, oh, well, I might drink on occasion. Well, I'm going to see how it goes. You continue to have a lot of pain. I remember instances where if I couldn't drink, like when I was pregnant, it was so much easier because there was a decision there. It was absolute. And if I go, oh, I'm going to try not to drink. That was impossible. And guess what my mind was taken up with the entire time I was there was trying not to drink. And then eventually I'd get in. It's been said that, you know, in this argument between the angel and one shoulder and the devil on one shoulder, um, it's, there's no winners because ultimately the devil always will win at some point. You have to end the argument and you can end the argument by making a really firm, clear decision. And so the things that you need to do in order to get to that point of absolute decision could be really intense. I mean, involving a lot of reflection and looking at your own life and really mindfully thinking about drinking specifically in the instances that you do drink and especially with your family members and what it does for it. So The decision, once you commit all of yourself to it, it can change your entire life and it can free you from a lifetime of decisions. And that's the thing. There's been neurological studies to show that even the decision between 20 different brands of dish detergent at the store can really tax your brain. And those little decisions tax your brain as much as some of the really big decisions. And so when you make a really big I am not going to drink for this amount of time, your lifetime, or if you're not ready for your lifetime, six months or a year, and you make that very firm decision, you make that very firm commitment, 
it relieves all the pressure of all the little decisions of I'm gonna try not to drink, which is a very neurologically stressed out place to be. And the thing that happens is that actually studies have shown that self-control is one of the most taxing things your brain can do. And so you're putting yourself in this state of constant self-control by allowing these decisions to be a possibility. If drinking is a possibility, you have to exercise self-control to not do it. If you've decided that drinking is not a possibility and you've committed to that decision, which we have humans, you know, as long as you're not, and it sounds like you're taking regular breaks, as long as you're not completely physically addicted, you have the capacity to make that decision. And that ref that really can, you know, relieve your stress. So. I would make that decision a moment in time in the future and prepare for it. So envision how you're gonna deal with different temptations and become incredibly mindful of the temptations that you're going through right now. So when your family member comes, they offer you something, they give you a hard time, start to become really explicit in your mind of what that feels like and what sort of things you could do in the future to get over those things and to alleviate it. And then float the idea of you giving up alcohol for a certain amount of time um, and I would recommend again six months to a year because that's going to give you as much time as possible to really get your own head on straight and get out of the clutches of alcohol addiction. I mean, I'd recommend a lifetime, but I understand if that can be really scary and you might need to start somewhere. But start to talk to the specific family members that you're most afraid of and that you're thinking right now about cutting out because talking to them, it's going to do a few things. Um, it's going to open up powerful lines of communication and it's going to help you see if they're going to be helpful or sabotaging when you come to make your decision about giving up drinking for that amount of time. And it's going to create something called positive peer pressure on you, which is really a good thing and can be really impactful and powerful. It's something that AA does a really good job of is because you're with people that you've come to respect and know there's a huge amount of positive peer pressure going to meetings and people you have to be held accountable to. And you can create that in your own life. I did it when I stopped drinking. I wrote this huge email and I did this completely unknowingly. I didn't even know the word positive peer pressure at the time that's come later, but I sent a big email to my friends and close family members, I mean, vice versa, and said, I've quit drinking forever. And so this declaration, I was so sure and I was so certain that later, if there was a temptation, it was like, I couldn't go back and eat crow and be like, oh, well, just kidding. You know, it, it created this huge amount of just really positive peer pressure that I had made that decision and I couldn't go back on it. And so that can happen um, with it can be a really powerful tool. And by talking to these very people that you're afraid of that will pressure you, I think that could be really effective. Um, and then, you know, just don't ask people to change for you. And I think that's really important. I think sometimes that we can use this excuse, everybody around me is drinking, I don't know what to do. Um, this woman, Nicole, on the Facebook page, she said this great thing. She said, if you don't have a tribe, create one. And I think that's really powerful and important because we can use other people as an excuse to keep us stuck. And it's not actually, like it's, it's the part of ourself that's addicted, it's the alcohol monster. But the alcohol monster can come in and sort of say, oh well, you're not gonna be able to resist them because they're all drinking. And so it becomes this kind of self-fulfilling excuse. So I would say that not expecting or asking them for change and making peace with that before your day of decision is really important because the truth is that even no matter how much you want them to change no matter if it's a spouse or a child or just a family member people's change that happens for someone else or for external reasons 
is short-lived. Lasting change comes from within and it comes because you've made that decision for yourself. And so having that conversation with these people who are pressuring you about, this is what I wanna do, this is why, here's my reasons, and by the way, I'm not gonna be pressuring you about it, I think is really positive. Um, and then once you've gotten really clear on what all your triggers are, what you're most afraid of, you've gotten prepared for this decision, my best advice is to get excited about it and flip it. You know, get excited and start to think about how great it's gonna to feel to wake up every morning, how positive you're gonna feel raising your daughter with this really great example and start to envision all these positive things. Make a list, I made this huge list of all the things I was looking forward to doing, you know, just to replace it. And it was like my mountain biking, climbing, whatever all these great things that I wanted to do. So start to get excited and start to shift your perception that you're not, it's not that you're giving something up that you don't, you know, it's not, I don't get to drink anymore. It's, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to put that in my body anymore. I don't have to feel that way anymore. I don't have to feel this sort of regret and internal dissonance about this. I get to choose to live this better, happier life. Um, and so, you know, I'd say that there's one kind of secret tool that I use and that I used a lot in the early days and it's voice memo on my phone. And there's all sorts of positive studies to say that um, journaling has huge positive effects because it helps you self-reflect. Well, guess what? Nobody has time, especially with a three-year-old daughter, to sit down and journal for 20 minutes whenever they have a craving. But you can pick up your phone, you can go to the bathroom, and you can record as much of your heart in three minutes on your voice memo as you could in 20 minutes of writing, and then listen back to it. So start to use voice memo as a way to become really mindful of these things, as a way to say, okay, this is what triggers me, this person is what's making it difficult, and these are my reasons. And then use voice memo when things are going really good too. So if you had a really good day or you did something that made you feel really good that wasn't drinking, record yourself a voice memo of how you felt in that moment, and that can really help you when you play it back to listen later. Um, And then my last piece of advice, especially around these family members, is just to have an exit plan. You know, Maybe over time you need to cut back contact. Maybe over time you realize that being around these family members is just becoming an excuse for you and and you need a break from them. But, you know, for the short time, I'd have a short-term plan for each evening and make it like just an excuse. A three-year-old daughter is a brilliant excuse. And just make it an excuse to go home. And when you go home, have something to reward yourself with, whether it's like a great cup of coffee or some ice cream or Netflix or just get yourself into a juicy season or a really good book or book on tape. Just have something that you're looking forward to so that if things get weird, and I mean, one of the worst situations is being sober around a bunch of drunk people. It sucks. It's so boring. The people you love are gone. They're not there. They're acting like idiots. Nothing interesting is coming out of their mouths. And so the temptation to drink can be high just to end the misery of being, you know, around these people who are no longer making sense. Just have your exit plan because they are not going to even notice when you go home anyway. So have your exit plan. And then, you know, give them all a chance by talking to them, by having the exit plan before you decide to just cut them out of your life. But mainly, most importantly, this decision has to be made fully, completely, and for you, not for anybody else. But thank you so much for the question. Again, this is Annie Grace with This Naked Mind. 
are you coming? Because I want to meet you. I would love to shake your hand. I'd even love to give you a hug. Let's be honest. I'm a hugger. And more than that, I want to blow your mind at this Naked Mind Live 2019. We have a handful of tickets left, and I would like nothing more than to connect those few tickets with my podcast listeners. You can get all the juicy details and grab your ticket at thisnakedmind.com forward slash live. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.